0: Hey I hope uh, you are well and I hope that you are enjoying this beautiful se- Christmas season. You know, the birth of Christ is one event in Christianity that not only brings Christians together, but it also brings every uh, people from every walk of life together. You know, every city and every nation around the world, uh, people are celebrating uh, Christmas. But, you know, it's such a beautiful thing that God's purpose of Loving God and loving people is really demonstrated during Christmas more than any other season um, in, in, in our time. You know, uh, I really believe that it's a season where your love for God uh, and your love for yourself and your neighbour is truly manifested and displayed. You know, people go out of their way to cook things for other people or buy gifts for other people. You know, that, that, that attitude or that, that value comes from God Himself. Uh, you know, God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. And giving during Christmas is is one of the most valuable things that you could ever do. And so this season, I really believe that that uh, people in our community is growing and maturing, maturing in their generosity, uh, not only with their family members, but also their friends. Uh, so I want to encourage you celebrate Christmas this year celebrate people this year celebrate Jesus celebrate God um, you know this year it's going to be awesome we we love Christmas we love this whole feeling of Christmas this, uh, for us this Christmas is not a day but it's a season uh, we, and we continue to celebrate Christmas even into the new year uh, there are no rules you know it, we, we, with, with God and with Christ so we want you to encourage we want to encourage you. Uh, to really enjoy this season, enjoy people, enjoy community, uh, you know, this year. So I'm continuing our series on the the New Covenant Life. Uh, And the title of my message today is A Judicious Heart. Um, Last week, I spoke on the the voice of innocence. My God, it was such a phenomenal word. I want to encourage you to go back and listen to that message again uh, and really put your faith, Allow allow the Word of God to really build uh, your faith uh, in in what God has given us. You know, uh, we understood that because of our faith in Jesus, because we believe Jesus, God has deposited into Christ righteousness. And righteousness means justice. And when when God has been just towards uh, us, it, it means that God sees us as innocent. We're innocent before Him and our innocence has a voice. We must understand that I'm not just saying God has given us a small measure of righteousness compared to Jesus. What I'm saying is that the full measure that was given to Jesus has been given to us. And and what I mean by that is we have been given access because of our faith in Christ Jesus we've been given access to the righteousness, the measure of righteousness that has been imputed to Jesus. The, the measure of justice that has been imputed to Jesus is now the measure that, has, that we've been given access to. You know, the, the Bible says in the context of marriage, that two flesh, two people come together and become one flesh. You know, when Kelsey and I got married, we made a covenant, a spoken covenant that we live up. We spoke a covenant that, that binds us together. That covenant of, of uh, we would leave our families and we would cleave together and become one flesh. That's what the Bible says. We become one flesh. When we got married, Kelsey and I became one flesh. So let's say that, um, you know, God decides now to deposit a million dollars into my account. And when God has deposited a million dollars into my account, just because Kelsey and I are one flesh, Kelsey has full access to the one million dollars that God has placed in my bank account. So if you are married, if if you um, have have joined together with a man or a woman, you have joined together and you are now one flesh before God, everything that your husband has is now yours. You know, Kelsey says something, everything that is is mine is hers and everything that is hers is hers. (laughs) That's what she says. (laughs) And I, I accept it. It's not a problem. Everything that belongs to her belongs to me as well. But... When God deposits a million dollars in my bank account, Kelsey doesn't need to come to me and pray to me so that I can give her a part of that million dollars. Kelsey doesn't doesn't need to come to me and petition to me and ask me for that million dollars or ask me for a portion of that million dollars. Just because we are one flesh Kelsey has full access to that million dollars. If Kelsey has to come to me and ask me for permission to use that million dollars, it means that Kelsey does not know my mind. And the the whole purpose of becoming one flesh or becoming a marriage or being one uh, together is so that we could spend time together understanding each other's mind. Kelsey can understand my mind and I can understand Kelsey's mind and both of us have one mind. So we leave our families and we cleave together. We leave the consciousness of our individual families and we come together and we create a consciousness where both our minds come together and it becomes one mind. So when Kelsey has a thought, I'm having a thought. When I'm having a thought, Kelsey has a thought. And so you must understand it is the same thing with us and Christ. When we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior, when we put our faith in Jesus, when we believe in Jesus, we, Jesus and you and me have become one. We become one spirit. We become one with Christ, right? So when we become one with Christ, ladies and gentlemen, you have full access to everything that has been given to Jesus. The full measure of gifts, the full measure of faith, the full measure of righteousness, the full measure of peace, the full measure of joy. Everything that belongs to Jesus is now accessible to you and to me, only because we have become one with Christ. But it's very important for us to understand that we had a mindset previously that was not the mind of Christ. And because of that, we did not know what was in the mind of Christ until we heard the word. And when we heard the word, now we began to believe what Jesus believes. And so when we believe what Jesus believes, now we begin to have access to the measure that Jesus has. But if I, if I, I wanna encourage you today, I want you to know that you don't have to go to Jesus and beg him for things that are rightfully yours. Everything that God has given to Jesus, He has already made available to you. This is a grace revelation. Ladies and gentlemen, you don't have to fast and pray in order for God to bless you. He has already blessed you. Ephesians says, He has already blessed you with every blessing in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. So every blessing is in the heavenly realms. The heavenly realms is in Christ. So if you are in Christ, guess where the heavenly realms are? It is in you. It is in the mind of Christ. And when it is in the mind of Christ, now you have full access to every blessing. Oh my God, this is powerful. Every blessing, you have access to it. You don't need to pray and ask Jesus to give you a blessing that He has already given to you. See, the law makes you to work, makes you work for something that grace has given to you for free. And that's what the enemy wants to do. He wants you to slave in a marriage relationship. He makes you work in a marriage. When marriage is meant to be graceful, it's meant to be, you, are, you live your life because of the power that enables you because of the the grace of god that enables you to do all things you know i hope this this part of the message is really encouraging you each each and every one of you because A lot of the times, you know, uh, the the mindset or the culture that we come from is that the the husband has final authority, you know, has all authority in the house and the wife has to ask the husband for permission to do this. I want to buy a kg of sugar. Can I buy that sugar? Can I buy that dress? Can I buy this? Can I buy that? Can I do this? Can I do that? Can I go out here? Can I do this? But if you knew your husband's mind, if you knew the mind of Christ. You don't need to ask Him permission because His mind already gave you the permission. See, we have to come into a place where we understand the mind of Christ. So in the same way, when we believe in Jesus, everything that God has given to Jesus because of the sacrifice on the cross, it is fully yours, fully yours. You have full access to it. Now, many of us don't understand how to access what God has given to us for free. What God has given to Jesus, many of us don't know how to access it. And I wanna tell you the key to accessing Christ's measure of righteousness, justice, or the innocence is renewing our minds with the revelation of the mind of Christ, okay? We have to renew our minds with the revelation of the mind of Christ, okay? Uh, this This will make complete sense soon. A son knows what his father thinks. But a servant doesn't know what his father thinks. That's why the the father has to give the servant instruction. But the son knows what is on the father's heart. In the same way, when you're in relationship with Christ, um, if you have an old mindset, you will ask for, for things. But if you have the mind of Christ, you know that everything already belongs to you. You don't have to ask it. You have to access it. This is powerful. You don't have to ask for things. You have access to things. You only need to know how to manifest these things. And that I'm going to teach you right now. So the Bible says that we have the mind of Christ. If we have the mind of Christ, why are we not living the mind of Christ out? If the Bible says that we have the mind of Christ, why are we not living from the mind of Christ, okay? We don't live it because we're trying to renew the old man into the new man, okay? Please listen to me very carefully. We are trying to, we don't have access, we don't have access to everything that God has given to us because our mind is not renewed with the mind of Christ okay when our minds are not renewed with the mind of Christ we have less access we need to ask for things because we can't we don't know what is in his mind but when your mind is renewed with the mind of Christ every revelation that we receive from the mind of Christ, when you believe that revelation, you become the revelation. This is very powerful. We don't live out the the mind of Christ because we don't have revelation of the mind of Christ. But when we receive revelation of the mind of Christ, now when we apply it in our lives, now, we, the revelation doesn't just manifest. We become the revelation and then we begin to manifest it outwardly, right? In 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17, we, the Bible says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation, the old things have passed away and behold, all things have become new. What what is Paul trying to say? Paul is trying to say that when you became born again, when you received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, when you had that moment where God rescued you from darkness into light, from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of His glorious light, something happened. What happened was that God let go of the old man in you. That old man is the old mindset. He took the old mind, the old consciousness, let's say the old consciousness of John before he got saved and he replaced that consciousness with the consciousness of Christ, which is the mind of Christ. And when he replaced it, now the Bible says that you are born again, which means you've become like a little baby again. See, a lot of the times we're trying to renew the old man with the new man. But we don't understand renewal of the mind means God has removed the old man and given you the new man. Completely, the mind of Christ, the full mind of Christ, the full measure of it, every thought that Jesus thinks, the consciousness of Christ itself has already been given to you. Now, we don't understand how to access it. So now he gives us his Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit begins to reveal the mind of Christ to us. It, it, like a, And like little children, we choose to trust, we believe, and we act upon this word that God is revealing. The Holy Spirit reveals to us. And every time the Holy Spirit reveals the mind of Christ, we become more like Christ. We're transformed into His image and likeness. When the Bible says the old is gone and behold, the new has come, it really means that your old mindset is gone. A lot of us are trying to, with the old mindset, we're trying to receive revelation and we think that we're chipping away at the old mindset and and, and now we're replacing it with the new mind. But actually speaking, that old mindset doesn't exist. If you get into Christ, if you get born again, it literally means the old is gone, which means the old guy is gone. And the new man has come. Who is this new man? The new, the Bible says, Jesus says, those who are born from above, those who are born from above are above all things. They are from above, you are born again. And so just like a little child you need a guardian again like you like you have when you were born and you were you, you 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 were a baby you needed your mother and your father as guardians to guide you to feed you to clothe you to to change your nappies all the time you know you need it when we get saved even if you're 90 years old and you give your life to Jesus guess what you become like a little child again Jesus says, hey, listen, if you want to enter into the kingdom of God, you've got to become like this little child. What does a child do? A child blindly trusts the leading of the guardian. If a little child is standing upon a a wall and and his dad's right there and he, he, he says, Daddy, catch me. He doesn't even wait for his dad to say yes. He just jumps because he knows his dad will catch him. Who taught him that? His dad did. It, these are the things we must understand. When you have the mind of Christ, you are the, the there was a disconnect. And now you have the mind of Christ and slowly like a little baby you've got to start learning Christ again. This is very important. I'm taking my time with this because it is very important for you to understand that you cannot analyze the kingdom. You cannot analyze the born-again life with the mindset of the old. You cannot process the mind of Christ with the old mindset. You've got to let it go. You cannot think like that anymore. You've got to think the way Christ thinks. It's extremely powerful. And I'll tell you something, this is the greatest battle for humanity is to let go of the old and really adapt with the new and really allow the mind of Christ to really form in you the consciousness of Christ Jesus to be formed in you and you live from that place. Galatians chapter 2 and verses 20 says this. It says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who lives, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live, this is phenomenal. This is a comprehensive verse. The life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who lived and died for me. This is such a powerful verse, ladies and gentlemen. I want you to... to, Pray over this verse. I want you to pray and allow God to really reveal the the mind of Christ in this verse. It says, I have been crucified. That word I, it it means the old man, the old John, the John pre, before before I got born again, before I experienced salvation, Before I started believing Christ, I had a certain way I used to process the world. I used to process life. I used to process people. I used to process myself. There there was a way in which I did it. But the day I chose to believe in Jesus, the day you chose to believe in Jesus, guess what? That old man, the natural man got crucified, was judged on that cross with Christ. It is no longer I who live. That word I over there in Greek is the word ego. And it ego means I exist. So the word so you must understand. I exist. Me, John, my consciousness was crucified on the cross. It is no longer I who exist but now Christ exists in me, extremely powerful. What does that mean, John? Does it mean that I I can't think for myself? No, you can think the way Christ thinks for yourself. This, This is the struggle, this is the battle do, do, so what do I do when, when, when I have to pay bills? It's not you who's paying the bills anymore. It's Christ who's paying the bills. Oh, what do, what do I do when my, when my wife is nagging me? It's, it's, she's not nagging you. She's nagging Christ. And how Christ responds to her is completely different from how you respond to her. See, Christ would would, would find out the reason why what is troubling her mind and would serve her because He's the servant of all. See, it completely changes your perspective of life. It completely changes how you communicate. It completely changes how you are with people, how you process life, how you process problems, how you process circumstances and situations. You know, I'll I'll give you an example that happened, you know, just lately. You know, Kelsey and I had come across a a person uh, who we met who who got the result uh, of their test as being uh, COVID positive. Uh, and because we meet with people all the time, uh, we didn't want to meet with people, but we just said, okay, until we go and get tested. And so we went and got tested. And while Kelsey was driving, I was just in prayer. We had no stress. We just know, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. You know, we, we, we have, we're in a virus-free zone and, and we believe that God uh, is, is protecting us from the inside out. Now, listen to this now. While we were driving to the test, Uh, Kelsey and I, I'm I'm sitting and I'm praying on the way there and the Holy Spirit asked me a question. He says, are you going for the test or is Christ going for the test? And in that moment, I understood what he was saying. If the old man, the natural man was going for the test, then there would be fear, there would be anxiety, there would be like what ifs, but all of that stuff happening in the mind. There's anxiety. There's there's oh my god, what what would happen? What would happen? I I met this person. I did this. Oh my gosh, what what, what gonna, what's going to happen to my body? Am I going to be taken? Am I going to am I going to be isolated? What, all these things will go on in the natural man. But then I had to make a choice and say it's not. It's not John that's going for the test. It's Christ who's going for the test. And if Christ is going for the test and because, not if, because Christ is going for the test, the test will come back negative. Why? Because no virus can attack Christ. No virus is greater than Christ in me. There is no disease that is greater than Christ in me. There is no no pandemic that is greater than Christ in me. Christ, everything submits to Christ. Every name bows down to the name of Christ. Every demon, every spirit bows down to the name of Christ, to Christ himself. And if you can only understand who you are, if you only know who you are in Christ, you're not some weakling. That weakling died on the cross. That poor person died on the cross. Christ is rich Christ is strong Christ is bold Christ is not lonely Christ does not have mental health issues Can you imagine these things that we we so consider as our problems Christ is not poor Christ doesn't struggle to make sales targets at the end of the month You must understand when you can come into the mindset that the I exist was crucified on that cross. Truly, if if you were crucified on that cross, you have to come into the understanding, it is no longer ego, I who lives, but Christ who lives in me and the life that I now live. I don't live according to the faith of the old man. I don't live according to the faith of the natural man But I live according to the faith of the Son of God It's not even my faith It's Christ's faith Every time the Holy Spirit begins to reveal Christ to me He forms the mind of Christ in my mind And every time the the revelation comes to me And I believe it Not fight it See I'll tell you when I believe that that revelation that the Holy Spirit gives to me, now I am transformed, my mind is renewed, and I'm transformed into the very revelation you and I receive. He reveals Christ so that you can become the Christ on the earth. You can carry the consciousness of Christ. You can function as the Christ. I'm not saying that you are God, but God has given us His Spirit and He has given us His mind so that you and I can function as Christ would have functioned if He was living on the earth. This is powerful church. Very powerful. A lot of times, people call themselves Christians, but they're still processing the mind of Christ with the natural mind and every time you process the natural mind it only, you only think about yourself you put yourself as the center focus of your life how does, oh they didn't call me oh they should have, they should love me and they hurt me and they offended me and they stabbed me in the back and they betrayed me they spoke about me me, 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 me every day you wake up from the time you wake up in the morning me, me, me and let me tell you something ego, I exist, challenges the existence of God in you. It challenges the existence of Christ in you. And Christ will not force himself on you. You have to mature into a place where you understand. You wake up in the morning. If you wake up, Christ has woken up. If you're getting ready to go to work Christ is getting ready to go to work If you're If you walk into the office Christ has walked into the office See you're not You're not the old man Trying to become a new man That old man doesn't exist But you some may say Well you know but what about all the All the issues The habit issues The sin issues Yes that that that's because the You've not allowed the old man to go away completely and you've not allowed your mind, you've allowed your mind to keep thinking the way you used to think. I'll tell you something, ladies and gentlemen, the day you stop making self the focus of your life and you make Christ the center of your life, it is such a powerful life to live. No sickness will touch your body because it's Christ's body. If people speak about you, it has no effect on you. If people betray you, it has no effect on you. I don't remember Jesus being affected, so affected by Judas. In fact, he encouraged Judas to go do what what he was meant to do. See, it's a completely different mindset. When Christ needed, when the disciples came to Jesus to pay, pay their taxes, Jesus, the Christ says, hey, go and fish. And in the fish's mouth, you'll have enough gold or you'll have enough money to pay your taxes. No stress at all. No fighting, no bickering. Christ didn't come to the earth to say, my opinion is the best. Everybody come to my side. Come to my side. I need to win you onto my side. No, it's just very easy very relaxed but at the same time he's moving forward. you know, far too long. We've just focused our lives only on us. Me, 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 me. What is in my mind? Does anybody love me? I'm being used. I'm being abused. I'm doing this. This is happening to me. I gave so much. I did so much. Nobody cares. Nobody says thank you. We have to come into this mindset that it is no longer I who exists. You know, Kelsey and I really keep each other accountable when it comes to this. Kelsey is quick in catching when self tries to come up. When Christ, when you have the mind of Christ, you are unoffendable. When you have the mind of Christ, no one can use you. No one can abuse you and it have its effect on you. No one can hurt you. Even if people try to hurt you, trust me, ladies and gentlemen, Christ is more powerful than that. You have a choice to make. A lot of times people get offended, get hurt, have mental health issues because they are the focus of their life. But if you put Christ as the center, if you you let go of that old mind, And you only think according to the way Christ thinks. I'm telling you, you would have such a peaceful, victorious life. Every blessing in the heavenly places has already been given to you. Everything that is in Christ's account is now your account. Extremely powerful. You know, in the new covenant, in Ezekiel chapter 36 and verse 26, God says, I want to make a new covenant with man. And in that new covenant, He, said, he describes two very specific things. He says, I'm going to give you a new heart. What is that new heart? The new heart, the word heart over there is the mind. He's talking about, I'm going to give you a new mind, a, the mind of Christ. And then He says, I'm going to give you a new spirit. My goodness, he gives you a new, the mind of Christ and he gives you his Holy Spirit. Why does God need to give you the mind of Christ and his Holy Spirit? Because the Holy Spirit empowers you to live the mind of Christ out. It, the Holy Spirit gives you the power, the grace. It enables you, he gives you the faith to exercise what the mind of Christ is thinking. So if the mind of Christ is thinking about something, then the Holy Spirit empowers you to act it out. You don't have to generate faith. The Holy Spirit gives you that measure of faith. And so when he gives you that measure of faith, now you begin to access and operate as the Christ would have operated on the earth. You must understand when Jesus walked the streets, He didn't go to people's houses to heal them. He didn't go to a church service. He didn't have an iterate ministry so that people can invite him and he can preach and he can do miracle signs and wonders. Jesus walked the street and sick followed him. When he walked the streets of Israel, my goodness, demon possessed people would come to him and tell him, please cast us out. And they would say, okay, cast us out into the pigs. You must understand how powerful the mind of Christ is. He gives you a new mind. He gives you the mind of Christ and He gives you His Holy Spirit. And he get the Holy Spirit who knows what is in the mind of Christ begins to reveal the mind of Christ to us. And just like little babies, we're not skeptical. Is this the right doctrine? Is this theologically sound? Is this, does this have does this person have any certification from a Bible college to be able to preach like this? We, that is the flesh. That is the old man, the natural man that is communicating. And let me tell you something. When the natural mind is, is, is in control of your life, the natural progression of the natural mind is crucif- crucifixion. Jesus came and became like you and me so that he could crucify the old man on the cross. And every time you and I choose to live like the old man, guess where we're heading towards? The old man has only a natural progression towards judgment. But the new man lives post-judgment. He lives in grace. He's empowered by, by, by God's grace. And so we must understand, this is very, very powerful. When He gives you a new heart and a new mind, ladies and gentlemen, the new heart is a heart that has no ego. The new heart has no self in it. The new heart only processes Christ. So when somebody says something about you, and someone comes to you and says it to you, it has no effect on Christ. I hope you understand what I said. When somebody betrays you, they're betraying that old man that used to be sensitive and get hurt and then respond and fight. But now the new man doesn't even care less. Why? It's because Christ is on a mission. Christ has got things to do. Christ wants to change the world. Christ wants to bring transformation in the world. And I can't, Christ can't be caught up with the natural man and allow the natural things to have its effect through the body. You must understand, you're the temple of the Christ. You're the temple of the new man. Your This body is a temple where the mind of Christ and the spirit of Christ dwells. These two elements operate strongest in your life. And every time you allow the Holy Spirit to reveal the mind of Christ, my goodness, your shadow will begin to heal the sick. We look at the, the lives of the disciples. My goodness, Peter didn't talk about his family. You look at, you. you Jesus says, hey, listen, let the dead bury the dead, man. You come, follow me. We've got better things to do. Just allow yourself to think. Just allow yourself to process every day as the mind of Christ. I want to encourage you. You know, get into a get into a meditative and a contemplative state first thing in the morning, because uh, the the tendency for us to 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 wake up thinking about. Bills and sales and, and 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 what this person did and what that person did. Look at social media and see what people are doing. That's the knowledge of good and evil. We Christ does not function according to the knowledge of good and evil. He functions according to his mind. The mind of Christ. So we must understand that God in the new covenant is saying, I'm going to give you a new heart. That heart, Ladies and gentlemen, there's a purpose for Christ The mind of Christ In each and every single person that believes in Him And that purpose is for transformation Is to exercise the dominance of the kingdom on earth As it is in heaven Christ has full authority He says all authority has been given to me Now you go Go do what? Heal the sick Cast out demons Cleanse the lepers Preach the gospel And these signs will follow those who believe You must understand What he's commissioning us to do Is to be him on the earth Not as him Be him on the earth All of creation responds to Christ It is Christ in me That is the hope for glory In order for the earth to become glorious, in order for the earth to be transformed to be like heaven, it takes Christ in you and me to manifest the kingdom on earth. I want you to go to Ephesians chapter 4 and I want to read two verses, they're very important verses for us to understand. Ephesians chapter 4, 22 to 24. It says this, that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Wow, what a rich, rich, deep verse this is. He's, He's encouraging us. Paul is encouraging us, guys. The way you do it is so simple. It's like taking off your garments and putting on new garments. That's it. You put off the old mind and you put you, you put on the new mind. Why? Because the old mind grows corrupt because according to the deceitful lust. And he's saying, be renewed. That word renewed, is, we're not renewing the old man. The Holy Spirit, the spirit of the mind is what God gives to us that we put on. We put on that's the new spirit. We put on the mind of Christ, right? That is according, that is created according to God in true righteousness, which means in true justice, And holiness. So we must understand that Christ is a righteous judge. So when you have the mind of Christ, right? You have the heart of for justice. When you have the mind of Christ, justice is a huge priority for you. Why? It's because you have a full measure of justice to impute upon the earth. Jesus calls himself the, right, the righteous judge. And when you have the mind of the righteous judge, you've got to judge according to righteousness, not according to the knowledge of good and evil. So a lot of us judge one another based on the knowledge of good and evil. Oh, John wore a brown shirt today. Well, you know, it doesn't look nice. Judgment, he doesn't look nice, we judge. But you must understand every time you judge someone and if it is Christ that you're judging, guess what, that judgment comes back to you according to the measure that you judge. But see, you must understand what's happening here is that Christ has come to become a righteous judge, which means he's a judge He's a just judge. And a just judge on the earth brings justice everywhere injustice is taking place. The way the kingdom advances is not just preaching the gospel. Hey, you know, cleansing the lepers, casting out demons. All of that is, is, is compounded into one thing. And that is executing the justice of God on the earth. Executing the judgment of God on the earth. Judgment is not a bad thing. Actually, judgment is a very good thing. God judged you as righteous. God judges you as innocent. God's justice has, he's made a measure. He's taken a scale and he's measured the sin of the world. And then he measured the sacrifice of Christ. And sin was appeased. God was appeased. You must understand He's righteous He's just That's why righteousness Was imputed to Jesus And in that place You receive the righteousness Of Christ Jesus In the gospels He says this I have not come into the world To destroy the world But I've come That they may Be saved Powerful I've not come to destroy the world, but I've come to save it. Save it from what? Destruction. He's come to save the world from destruction. And every time you and I see injustice taking place, guess what? Destruction is the next step for injustice. So every time you see dis- you see injustice taking place, if injustice is not, Changed into the justice of the kingdom, destruction will take place. Sickness will have its way. Disease will have its way. And when when I say have its way, disease will have will, will cause death. We must understand death is the is the destruction of the temple. God needs you. See, when Moses was in the in the wilderness, his father-in-law comes to him and says, "Listen, Moses, if you're dealing with Three million people's problems, you're going to get burnt out. You're going to be worn out. So he says, set up judges who know your heart. Set up judges and these judges will judge the people. Judge the people doesn't mean that, okay, I'm only judging you with condemnation. I'm only judging you with, um, you know, with, with, with destruction. No, ladies and gentlemen, judgment is good. We need it. Judgment is not a bad thing. The church has made judgment a very bad thing. But actually judgment is a very good thing. We need it in our lives. Why? Because we need God's judgment to to take us from from injustice to justice. We need justice in our lives. None of us have asked for sickness. None of us have asked for job loss. None of us us have asked for a pandemic. None of us have done that. But it's injustice that a pandemic is in the world. And justice needs to to be poured out. And who does it? God doesn't come from, his, from heaven and do it He's given us the mind of Christ And every time the mind of Christ operates on the earth Justice, the righteous judge Execute justice Executes justice It's very important that we understand this Because God has given us a judicious heart He's given us the mind of Christ then who, who, the mind of Christ is a judicious heart He judges according to righteousness powerful let me show this to you in the gospel I want you to go to John chapter 8 it's such a beautiful story I love reading about Jesus I love reading about Christ and how he operated on the earth because it's just a it's just a model for us to live our lives you know it's, a, it's quite a familiar story. Uh, you know, we've, we, I've thought on this so many times, but I just want to present something to you when it comes to a judicious heart. I want to show you the, the mind of Christ, the Christ's judicious heart here. I will read from uh, verse 2, 8 verse 2. Now early in the morning, he came again to the temple and all the people came to him and he sat down and taught them. Then the scribes and Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. This is powerful. They caught her in the act of adultery. And when they set her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you have to say? The righteous judge, you know, I'll tell you something. We are presented with 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 we judge more than we really think we, we, we are, more than we really know we are. We're judging every single day and we don't understand what why we're doing it. We judge from the time we wake up in the morning. Let me tell you something. If you if you didn't have a good sleep last night, let me let me give you an example. If you did not have a good sleep last night, you had a late night, you went partying, whatever, you you know, you you were hanging out with your friends, Christian term. Um and you had a you went to sleep late at night and you woke up early in the morning and you your your body was feeling you know tired and you said i am not feeling good you've judged yourself i am sick i am broke i am defeated i am depressed i am lonely i am i am you you wake up in the morning with judgment and that you're not even, you're not even judging yourself according to the mind of Christ. You're judging yourself according to the knowledge of good and evil. When you have the mind of Christ, it completely changes the way you communicate. I mean, we, Kelsey and I, the way we even talk about our hair has changed. Though, when we were coming here, Kelsey was combing her hair and she said something about her hair and, and, and immediately, we, I encouraged her to say it the way Christ would say it and instantly things shifted you must understand when you are, when you have the mind of Christ you don't judge yourself because Christ was judged on the cross 2000 years ago you don't judge your husband you don't judge your wife you don't judge your neighbor oh look at her oh she's too fat she's too ugly she's too this she, you don't judge at all Oh, look at their car. They, where do they get their money from? Ah, oh, must be some bad. No, you, you don't even know it, but you've just judged yourself. Very powerful. It's the mind of Christ judges according to righteousness. We see this now. They come to her, they come to Jesus, and they're testing him. This they said, testing him, verse six, that they might have something to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his fingers, with his finger as though he did not even hear them. You see the mind of Christ? The mind of Christ does not even consider the accusation of people. He does not even consider the trap that they're laying before him. So when he they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, he who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. Wow. Verse 8, and he, and again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground that those who heard it, being convicted by their conscience. They were convicted by their conscience. Went out one by one, beginning with the oldest, even to the last. And Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. When, he, when Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, woman... Where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, no one Lord. And Jesus said to her, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. You see the mind of Christ? So beautiful, so powerful, so empowering. You must understand these people came with a trap for Jesus. But you must understand this woman, she's caught in the act of adultery. She's caught in the very act. And so they have a legal, you must understand, listen to me very carefully now. They have a legal right to stone her to death, which means her blood is not on their conscience, it's on the law. The law, the penalty of being caught in adultery is being stoned. To death very powerful so they bring her to Jesus now she is not defending your case no I didn't do it their eyes you know the interpretation of what I was doing was wrong you know we the people come up with such lame excuses sometimes she stood there in silence guilty of what she had done expecting now a crowd of people to start stoning her Scary moment for a person. And so Jesus now, remember the mind of Christ, the, a judicious heart judges according to righteousness. Jesus, and if you have the mind of Christ, you will always be put in these positions. Why? It's because it is your responsibility as the one who carries, who's the host of the consciousness of Christ to execute judgment according to Righteousness. And so Jesus asked them a question. If there's anyone among you who is without sin, cast the first stone. And starting from the oldest to the youngest. Why the oldest? Because their conscience, which is a witness in their heart, The conscience, which is a witness in their heart testified to them in that very moment. You must understand the the mind of Christ is so powerful that the conscience begins to respond to Christ. Oh, come on. This is crazy powerful. The conscience of the person in the person's heart began to bear witness of how much of a sinner that person was. And let me tell you something. Even though they had a legal right to stone this woman, they lost their case because their heart was defiled. Their heart, ego, still existed in their heart. The man, natural man, the defiled man, the the man that was that is that that is due for punishment, still existed in their heart. And I. Christians so many times come to me for prayer Say, Pastor you know, I have a case I have this and this person has done this to me And that person has done this And they stole money from me and, and oh I lost my job They have legal rights To what people have done to them And they lose their case Because of a defiled heart Because of a heart that is not judicious Because of a heart that is not that, that, that Because of a conscience that is defiled A conscience that is seared You must understand, when your conscience is seared by offense, by hurt, by betrayal, by things that you've said to people, even if you are in the right, you will lose the case. Because your heart testifies to the mind of Christ that you are guilty. And more than the law, God looks at your heart. And we must understand, when Jesus makes this statement and he says if you if any of you does not have sin cast the first stone all of them walked away so now Jesus is put in the position now he has to make a decision he has to pass judgment and he asked the woman where are your accusers the ones who have a legal right against you she said there's no one here Lord She's not even defending herself. She's just saying, there's no one here, Lord. And Jesus says, neither do I condemn you. What happened there? What happened? What happened? How did Jesus? This was the law that God had given to Moses. But Jesus steps in and he says, I've not come to destroy the world, but I've come to save it. I've not come to destroy people, but I've come to save people. And so he executes judgment according to the innocence of his heart. When you and I understand that we are righteous before God, that, that there's an account of justice in our in, in, in our heart that God we should have been the ones who were judged on that cross. But God said, Jesus said, hey, listen, Father, instead of them, I will take their place. And so because of that now, we have received righteousness for free. We have received His justice for free. We have received the innocence of Christ for free. How much more should we execute the justice according to righteousness? How much more should we judge people according to the innocence of our heart, according to the righteousness of our heart, according to the innocence, the the justice in our heart? How how much more should we bring judgment into the world, bring, bring, execute the judgment of righteousness into the world more than the judgment of corruption and condemnation and guilt and death and envy and all of that stuff into the world? See, we will change the world. We will bring transformation in the world. Not through a defiled natural mindset. But we will bring transformation in the world because of the mind of Christ. Because of a judicious heart. You know, it's so easy to bring judgment and judge people when we don't judge our hearts ourselves. It's so easy for us to bring judgment upon countries and nations and things, cities and and economies, when we don't take an account of our heart. And Jesus in the parables, he says, hey, listen, before you pull the speck from your brother's eye, look at the plank in your own eye. Before you, you judge someone, look at your own heart. Look at your own heart. What is he trying to say? He's not saying judgment is bad. He's saying you must because if you don't execute judgment, if you don't execute justice from a judicious heart, your brother will be destroyed because of a speck in his eye. You must understand that. That's very important. But before you try to deal with somebody else, go before God and allow God to remove that plank that plank ladies and gentlemen is your ego it's the it's a it's a natural man it's the it's a a natural man that says i still exist i am powerful god doesn't have power i have power i have a will i have desires i have emotions i my needs need to be met more than christ's needs need to be met our fulfillment in life does not come from Having everything as the natural, having everything natural, but actually having everything that is supernatural. So, today, in closing, I want to encourage you to bear your heart before God. Allow the effects or the strongholds of the natural man to lose its grip over your heart and allow the mind of Christ to rule and reign in your life. The mind of Christ manifests Christ in your life. The mind of Christ transforms you into the image and likeness of Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, if there's one thing that I would encourage you to do today is to allow your heart to be renewed, to be made new with the power of the Holy Spirit today I want to ask you if you could bow your heads in prayer and pray with me and let me pray for you let me pray as you today we are all in one spirit we're all in one spirit together if there's one thing that we can do for Christmas is to be Christ to the masses of the world and let me pray for you Father I thank you for every single person that is watching us right now and that will watch us in the future or even listening to us over SoundCloud or iTunes, God. Father, I thank you that you've given to us this new covenant. You've given to us the mind of Christ. You've given us a new heart and a new spirit. You've given us the mind of Christ and your Holy Spirit. So Lord, today we just bear our hearts before you. And if we've allowed the old all natural man to rule our lives, Lord, we, we repent of our natural becomings, God. And we repent and we, we turn away, God, from that old mindset. And we become like little children before you. We humble ourselves before you and we receive the mind of Christ come on church begin to just say that Lord I receive the mind of Christ I receive the full measure of the mind of Christ father you are so good to us you are so kind to us that you allow every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places to be given to us God you trust us so much with your blessing every blessing God has been already given to us so today we thank you for righteousness we thank you for justice We thank you for innocence. And through that, Lord, we know that we will live the most powerful life that you live through us. And so God, today we make a a vow, Lord, before you to execute judgment according to righteousness, to execute judgment according to the innocence in our heart. If we have been given innocence in our heart, if you have judged us innocent, Lord, how much more Does the world need innocence? And so today, God, we will bring transformation in the world through innocence, through a judicious heart, a heart that is like, that is the heart of Christ, that is the mind of Christ. And so today, God, I bless every single person who's watching and listening to us today, that the old has gone, And behold, the mind of Christ has come in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey church, I want to thank you for spending this day with us. I bless you and I declare God's abundant long life over you. Enjoy this Christmas season. Hey, listen, if this is your first time uh, joining us for the service today, we have an awesome team of people you know, uh, that will meet you and greet you, uh, that, that wanna say hi to you. And if you need prayer, if you need somebody to execute judgment, uh, to execute justice on your, on your behalf today, hey, why don't you click the link uh, that, that's in the description below for the prayer rooms and people will communicate to God and communicate on your behalf and bring justice from an innocent heart. Kelsey and I love you. Uh, we declare our love upon you. You are so precious to us. Life Church Global is global, but at the same time, Life Church Global is local in our hearts. And so we love you. We're praying for you. You are always on our minds, and we will see you next week. Bless you.